I'm Rick Thomas, and you're listening to Life Over Coffee. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn this podcast off. I want you to stop listening to it. Here's the thing. Here's your dilemma. If you want to change, do you want to change? Do you want to transform? Do you want to improve? Do you want to be better than what you are? Then if you want to change and improve and be better than what you are, you need to stop reading our stuff. And that is the title of the podcast. Episode 183. If you want to change, stop reading our stuff. Now, let me give you a more accurate title. It is this. If you want to change, stop reading so much of our stuff. More is not better if the goal is to lock sound teaching into your long-term memory bank, which is how transformation happens, humanly speaking, We know that transformation ultimately happens when God grants repentance to us, that He grants us the ability to change. But I am not negating human responsibility, and I'm talking about human responsibility exclusively in this podcast. And if you want to change, you have to put stuff in your long-term memory bank, and you can't do that if you're consuming too much content. And so I titled the podcast, If You Want to Change, Stop Reading Our Stuff. You, it would be best to insert the word so much. Stop reading so much of our stuff. Now, I realize that it seems self-defeating <laughs> from a ministry perspective to tell folks to stop reading or watching our resources, our videos. It's marketing suicide. But there is a more vital point than blog stats. There's a more vital point here than increased marketing expansion. And that I must make that point. And it's this. If you want to change, you have to stop feeding your brain with so much information. This truth is so important to me that I am appealing to you to stop reading so much of our stuff. Stop watching so many of our videos and any other thing that creates excessive noise, and even if it's solid content, you have to stop because it's not sinking in. The change process demands that you cease from information overload. And your mind, by the way, will rise up and call you blessed. It would be grateful, your mind, if you backed away from the endless streams of blogs and videos and quotes and quips that saturate your mind. This critical point that I'm making in this podcast, it came during a conversation that I had with my friend Chris at our church meeting. He told me how much he loved and benefited from our resources and how God had used our resources to help him to change in some specific ways. But then he said this. He said, Rick, I had to stop reading so much of your stuff. I couldn't keep up with it any longer. And that was good to me. That was good for me to hear. Now, that's not the first time that I'd heard it. I'd heard this comment before from those, from those who felt an unintended pressure to keep up with what our ministry produces daily, weekly, monthly. 
His dilemma helped me realize that I have not been as clear as I should be with those who enjoy our resources. Am I clear? Am I being clear with you? Stop reading so much of our resources. And I would appeal to you to apply that to any other medium in your life that you're consuming too much of, especially social media. I'll talk about that in a moment. But in Chris's mind, there were two antagonistic things that were intersecting. One of those things was we are producing content as often and as fast as we can. As he said in his statement, I couldn't keep up any longer. We are producing content as often and as fast as we can. And the other thing that made it antagonistic in his mind, he was attempting to keep up with our pace. And if you do that, you're making a mistake. If you try to keep up with the amount of content that we produce on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you are making a mistake if your goal is transformation because you will not be satisfied with your transformation if you keep up with what we're doing. Let me explain why there is so much so often, why we have been producing a plethora of information for more than a decade. The primary reason that I have been producing so much content since the beginning of our ministry in 2008, 2008 is that what I'm doing, I am filling up our sanctification center in cyberspace. I am filling it up for today, present tense, and also for the future, for future use our sanctification center is like a large library that is chocked full of transformational resources. I am building a warehouse for anyone who wants help. You would not know this because you weren't there, but in the beginning, which was July the 3rd, 2008, I wrote my very first blog post and I put it in the library. You know what was in that library? Crickets. There was nothing in that library. And when I went into the library, it was an echo chamber. There, were, there was nothing else but one blog post. And so day two, I wrote another blog post, and then day three and day four and day five. And I wrote an article for two years, never missing a day for two solid years. And I started filling up our library because people were coming. And when they came, I didn't want them to just have one book. I wanted them to have many books to choose from. But what has happened over the years now that our sanctification center has millions of words and hundreds of videos, over a thousand podcasts, people think, oh, wow, there's something new. I need to read it. I need to listen to it. I need to watch it. That is a mistake if you want to change. Now, the reason for this worldview about producing so much content as fast, as often, as much as I can, it is because of my unwritten mission statement. The mission statement on our website, our official mission statement that is in our documentation, says that our mission is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. 
but I have a personal unwritten mission statement, and it goes like this, to take the practical gospel of Jesus Christ to every individual in the world and to live 25 years after I die. The 25 years is an arbitrary number. I hope that I can live 100 years after I die. And the point of living beyond the grave is that I don't have enough time in my life to reach every person in the world with the practical message of Christ. Therefore, my mission statement is to reach every person with the practical message of Christ, and I realize that I cannot do that in one lifetime. Therefore, my goal is to build a a warehouse, a sanctification center that can go on long after I am gone. I want to speak to millions of people after I am dead, and that is why I am a content-producing machine but I do not intend for anyone. Let me restate that. I do not intend for anyone to keep up with my production pace. But that is the rub. Some people assume that they must keep up with our production line. This thinking is a mistake, and it will eventually lead to disappointment. But worse than that... You will not change the way that you want to. No educator would turn on the informational fire hose and point it unceasingly toward anyone because nobody can consume that much water no matter how hard they try. Guess what's going to happen? The result will be more spillage on the ground than what lands inside of the person. The careful trainer will teach his students better than that, which brings us to a critical point to remember. If you want to change, you need to do this. Pick one thing to focus on and work it into your soul. You may not know this, but I don't listen to any sermons from anyone except my pastor. I don't, and I haven't been listening to any sermons from anyone except my pastor for years and years and years. Every now and then I'll listen to one, but that's an anomaly. Or maybe somebody will send me one that I will listen to, but it is not my practice, it is not my desire, and I just don't, to to the famous preachers, and I know that they're famous, and I know that they're, they're the best preachers in the world, but I don't listen to any of their sermons because I can't process. It takes me an entire week to process the sermon that I hear on Sunday morning, and it would be foolish, in my view, to cram another sermon into my brain that's going to push the last one out that I have not processed. I spend more time thinking than I do listening to sermons. I will listen to a 40-minute sermon, and I will think about it for days. In some sermons, I will think about for weeks. There was a survey taken of 90-year-old people many, many years ago, and they asked them if they could live their life over again, what would they, what would, what would they do differently? And there were three common themes that came back over and over again. One of them was, if I, if I could live my life over again, I'd take more risk. Another one was, I would do things that were of eternal value. 
But the third one was, and for the point of this podcast, they said if I could live my life over again, I would spend more time in reflection, thinking. And that is a lost skill in our culture today because the noise level has never been more intense than what it is now. There has never been more information floating into our lives than it is now. And unfortunately, people think that more is better. And so they are scrolling through their Facebook streams and Twitter streams and listening to sermons and watching videos. And guess what? There's a common theme with these people. And by the way, and they're reading book after book. There's a common theme with these people. They are not satisfied with their growth. There's a truth here, and the truth is information goes in your short-term memory, and if you don't spend time marinating on that, reflecting on that, thinking about it for an extended period of time, it will go away. It will be pushed out by the next thing that goes into your mind. The picture that I would love for you to have is a cow sitting under a tree chewing uh, chewing her cud. She eats the grass and then she goes and she lopes up next to a tree and she sits in the shade and she chews her cud for hours. That is what we need to be doing. This perspective is similar to memorizing scripture. Nobody would read endless chapters from the Bible to learn one verse. No. You take one verse and ask many questions of it while rehearsing it, hoping that through constant practice that the Scripture will stick itself into our long-term memory bank so that you can retrieve it and use it as often as you wish. When I dedicate myself to seasons of, of Scripture memory, I memorize with a Bible and with a recorder, and I use audio memory and visual memory, and I read the verse and I play it back and listen to it as I look at it in the text, and so I'm hearing it in my ear, I'm speaking it with my mouth, I'm reading it with my mind, and I work it over and over again, asking questions, asking God to help me to understand, and I chew on that text and go through it over and over and over and over and over again until it sticks in my long-term memory so I will have it uh, to retrieve any time that I need it. This is how you remember information. If you're the person who consumes too much information and you want to transform your life, I appeal to you to stop taking in so much content. content. Stop it. Amputate it. What if you take a little test? Let me, here's the question. What was the, this is your test, what was the ninth helpful thing that you liked on Facebook recently? Tell me, what was the ninth helpful thing that you liked on Facebook? You, you saw it, you got a dopamine bump, it felt good, it was a nugget of truth, you had a light bulb go on, it was nine things back. What is it? Without scrolling through your feed, what was that thing? And by the way, what is your plan to apply that savory nugget of truth into your life practically? You don't know. 
Of course you don't know what that ninth thing is that you clicked like on and you loved it. Because the next eight things that came into your life flushed it from your mind. Facebook and other social media platforms, but Facebook specifically does more harm to our souls than it redeems. And the addiction continues unabated. People love their nugget for the day while they remain the same as they were yesterday and last week and last year. Sanctification takes more work than scrolling through feeds. One of my favorite texts is from the book of Hebrews. A number of years ago, I sat down and I memorized the book of Hebrews and uh, the entire book and just spent a season doing the very thing that I'm, I'm appealing to you to do now. And one of the passages that, there's many passages in Hebrews that are my favorite, of course, but this one I love so much. The Hebrew writer said, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment, here it is, trained by constant practice. Are you a discerning person? Do you have discernment? Do you have the ability to think, to analyze, to process information? Is your mind structured that way? Have you trained your mind to think? The way that you do that is you sit under that tree. You spend more time thinking than reading, more time thinking than listening, more time thinking than watching. It used to be decades ago before social media, it was television that was dumbing us down. Television is a passive activity that trains the mind to be dumb because we don't engage with anything. We kick our brains in neutral and, and just take in that information. And our powers of discernment are not trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. If you want wisdom, if you want discernment, you've got to slow down the information overload that goes in your mind. And you've got to think as the 90-year-old people said, if I could live my life over again, one of the things that I would do is spend more time in reflection. 500 years ago, we had people who had titles. Their title was, their job title was thinker. And when we talk about him today, we would say, he's a great thinker. He was a great thinker. He was a great thinker. We don't have great thinkers today because nobody thinks. People love their nugget of the day while they remain the same. Sanctification takes more work than scrolling through feeds. Some people want personal transformation the way they want to lose weight. They want to do it without the long-term, consistent, and repetitive work involved in changing. Since talking to my friend, Chris, last Sunday at the church meeting, I decided that I would dial back on how many emails I sent to you each week. For years, I have been sending three e-blasts each week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It was just a, a ritual that we have been doing. I don't even remember how long. 
as of this week, as of this podcast, I am only going to send one. I'm going to start pulling back on the amount. We're not going to stop creating information. We're not going to stop chucking the, the sanctification center full of information. By the grace of God and with the strength that He gives me, I'm going to produce information as fast as I always have for the purpose that I stated already, to fill up this sanctification center so that I can speak to you a hundred years after I die. But I am going to I'm going to put a clamp on the hose. I'm going to restrict the water flow, and I'm going to only send one e-blast a week. This way I will not be hindering your growth. But I have some suggestions for you. Here's some things that I want you to do. And if you want to read this article, then here's the deal. The episode is 183. The title of it is, If You Want to Change, Stop Reading Our Stuff. And of course, I would be happy if you would insert in my title, Stop Reading So Much of Our Stuff. But here's the deal. If you're going to go to this episode, if you're going to read these show notes, that I want you to read it over and over again. I want you to study it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to ask God to reveal to you where you need to restrict the holes in your life, restrict the flow in your life so that you can process a little for a long period. And so here's some things that, some tips that I hope will benefit you. Number one, determine one vital issue that is important to you that you want to change. What is that thing? Write it down. What is one vital issue that's important that you want to change? Two, search for articles, podcasts, and videos on our website that will help you in this area. So if you want to deal with issues about your past, then type the word past into our... That might not be the best best search type because you'll get a pastor. You'll get that a lot because that's P-A-S-T. But we have a link here in our search feature that, that says past, and you can click on that link in our search, in our category feature, and it will give you articles on the past. And then you spend as much time as you need on this idea of your past and resolving issues. Per- perhaps uh, you have some forgiveness issues in your life, however that may play out. Then go to our select category feature and, and look for forgiveness and click on it and you'll find a lot of articles and just spend time on one thing. And so determine one vital issue that is important to you that you want to change. And then search for articles, podcasts, videos on our site that will help you in this one area. And then I want you to make use of our free or private forums so we can come alongside you for ongoing assistance for this one area that you're dialing in. You're going to go and you're going to lope up against, uh, lope across your the pasture and, and find that shade tree and you're going to sit down like the old cow and you're just going to chew on cud for a month. And so you find the articles, podcast videos, you get on our free or private forums. It's free for anybody in the world. For those who support our ministry, you can get on the private forums and you let us come alongside you. And then number four, you ask a friend to meet with you regularly so you both can discuss your, your process that you are in together. 
If you don't have a friend, then ask the Father to give you one. I have found that the Father has been quite faithful, especially in this area of needing a friend. Say, God, I need somebody that, that I can talk to in a transparent and honest and vulnerable way. Lord, I want to work through this, this issue, whatever it may be in my life, and so give me a friend so I can talk it out with them. And then I want to finish the podcast by talking about how to study. There are five things that I do that have been really beneficial to me as far as my study habits are concerned, and I want to share them with you. And again, you can read this in episode 183 if you wish. But here is a five-step sequential process that I would encourage you to implement into your life. And so you're studying something. You're studying the Bible. You're reading one of our articles. This is the way that I would appeal to you to do that. Number one, pray. Before you start reading or consuming that content, take time to pray. Ask God to open your eyes to what you are learning. If you do that, then point number two, you start reading. And so first pray, then point number two, you start reading But here's how you're going to read, because if you've asked God to open up your eyes to what you are learning, then you're going to start reading expectantly. See, I'm not saying just read, but I'm saying reading expectantly. And if you have prayed and asked God to open up your eyes, you will read expectantly, and God will reveal things to you about yourself. Anticipate it. It's coming. You've asked Him. You've asked Him to do His thing And you're going to do your thing, so you dive into what you're reading. Anticipate Him to reveal to you what you're looking for. Look for truth like a a man or a woman mining for gold. Be alert. Resist reading by rote. Painting by numbers. Doing 4.25 chapters every day so you can get through the Bible in the air. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Or if you do that, that's fine. Let that be that, that background reading that you do, that you're just blowing through the Bible in a year. But I'm talking about a different kind of reading here. You, you, you're like a man or a woman mining for gold. You are alert. You are resisting reading by rote. You read because you want to, not because you have to. So point number one, pray. Point number two, read. Point number three, reflect. Here it is. When God eliminates your mind, stop reading. And start reflecting. No, no, no. When when God gives you that nugget on on Facebook, don't like it and go to the next eight things, and now it's nine things back and it's flushed out of your mind. No, if it is a nugget that you like, then pull that nugget off. Write it down. Reflect upon it. Think about what God is showing you in light of what you just read, just saw, just listened to. So number one, this is how you study. One, pray. Two, read. Three, reflect. Four, write. W-R-I-T-E. Take time to write down what God has shown you. When your thoughts go from a page that you're reading or a computer screen that you're reading, when it goes from a page to your brain, down to your hand, and onto a piece of paper or onto the computer, you're probably going to own it. That's what the process of highlighting is about. When you highlight something, my first pastor told me this, I don't know how many years ago, 30-something years ago. He said, Rick, when you highlight something, you're, you're owning it. It means something to you. And just the process of highlighting it, turning it yellow, you're owning it. It becomes a part of you now. It will be yours to keep. And he was right. 
It does, but if you reflect upon it, and then you want to take this this process of writing it down, jotting it down, and then number five, teach, share it with somebody. Within twelve hours, that's an arbitrary time frame, but by all means, soon. Tell someone what God taught you. This is critical in our mastermind program. We have our students read articles, and then I have them write back to me telling me what they read and how they were affected. It is a process. I don't want them to read articles and just blow on to the next assignment. I want them to read it. This is what they're doing. This is what I hope they're doing. They pray. They read. They reflect. They write their report, and then they tell me, they teach. They're doing this thing that I am asking you to do now. Within 12 hours, arbitrary time frame, tell someone what God taught you. The teacher will learn more than the student. And if you can teach what God has taught you, it will begin to master you. I appeal to you to amputate any social media app that takes up your time and fills your brain with things that will not stay in there long term If you do not do this, you're hindering the process of learning, changing, and growing. And if you can't do this, you're an addict. You're addicted. Read these show notes, episode 183. If you want to change, stop reading so much of our stuff. And if you want to talk about it, well, you know where to go. Let's talk. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.